And now, our feature presentation. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Cinema Shot. I am your host Ben, aka The Marvelous Iggy, and I'm not joined by Tyler this time, because unfortunately Tyler died in the Doomsday Attack two weeks ago. I am instead joined by Cyborg Tyler. Tyler, say hi as I throw a completely random thing at you, unpreparedly. I am many, you are but one. Thousands of years ago, I have come and replaced Tyler as the co-host of Cinema Shot. It's a nefarious plan for Darkseid to interfere. But, uh, Tyler's gonna still join with, uh, Cyborg Tyler's gonna be with us. No, I'm not gonna do that bit the entire show. God. That would, I would just Thank fuck God. my own self over. <laughs> I would, I would probably just put like a metallic over. filter over the beginning and that'll be it. Yes. Alright, so, uh, everybody, for those who don't know, we are this, this is the Cinema Shot Podcast, a spinoff of the, uh, Atomic Shot Podcast that me and Tyler did for Godzilla. Uh, we are in the last arrowing hours of the DC animated cinematic universe, and this is our first official sequel with, uh, the reign of the Superman. Um, if you, like I said, I think in the Death of Superman episode, um, there is a version that they released that basically put this, uh, both the Death and Reign of Superman as one, titling it the Death and Return of Superman, which I'm glad we didn't do that version, because God, the second half, this movie is a lot longer than I remembered, um, and watching it back to back would have killed me. Uh, I remember it being tiresome at the first time. Uh, but let's go around around with you. How we talked we talked about the Superman. So obviously this is the like not they don't title it the Return of Superman, but you knew he was going to come back in this one. Yeah, it was only a matter of time because uh, I do know that in the original comic of Death of Superman, uh, he eventually does come back. The only difference here is that uh, Doomsday is dead, so I just kind of figured he'd just come back to save the day from whatever threat is posed in this movie. Exactly. So, um, as we saw at the end of the last film, so we're going to, again, I think this time we're going to kind of just break things down. We're not going to break down the entire movie again. Uh, I I think I like that format a lot better, especially going forward with movies you guys may recognize. There's no point to recap the plots. So, let's just go ahead and talk about the overarching story. Um, so it has been apparently six months. Oh, we got to break it down first. I'm sorry. I'm jumping no ahead of myself. We got to break it down before we break it down, as I like to say. Uh, this is Reign the Superman. This is directed by Sam Liu, written by Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Hotels. Okay. Uh, and Jim Krieg. Uh, this is produced by James Tucker. And this is, spoiler alert, starring, uh, Jerry O'Connell as, uh, Hank Henshaw via voice modulation. Rebecca Romaine as Lois Lane, Rain Wilson as Lex Luthor, Cameron Monaghan as uh, Superboy, Chris Williams as John Henry Irons, Patrick Fabian as, as the real Hank Henshaw, uh, Jason O'Mara as Batman, Rosara Dawson as Wonder Woman, Shemar Moore as Cyborg, Nathan Fillion as Green Lantern, and Christopher Gorman as The Flash, uh, Niyabi Yanabi as John Jones, Tony Todd as Darkseid, Charles Halford as Bibbo and the Eradicator, wow, that's a fucking change, Rocky Carroll as Perry White, Tox Alunguyonde as Cat Grant. I apologize for butchering that last name. Max Middleman as Steve Jimmy Olsen, Steve Lombard. And I think that's pretty much all that really matters. And, of course, starring Jennifer Hale as Martha Kent and President Joan Dale. Okay, so this is this is a monster of a, mo- of a sequel. Yeah, this is pretty huge. You know, considering like, uh, the last couple movies. Exactly. So, um, and... It, like it, it's what this movie's runtime was only 
uh, and 87 minutes, but I swear, and I, I can't, I'm going to ask you on this, Tyler, it felt like it was a two hour movie. And do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Um, I didn't mind because this was a fairly decently told movie. Like, the whole deal is that there's like four different Supermen running around, but it doesn't right. feel like that uh, it drags its feet. Like, it just, it goes at a decent pace throughout the entire thing, and I do appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. So let's go ahead and break down the story. Um, it, this So this is six months we are now six months removed from the death of Superman, who heroically sacrifices life to stop Doomsday. Um, you know more on that on the on the death of Superman episode, and pretty much everybody in, is in a state of mourning. They're talking about the the famous phrase, "A world without a Superman." You know what is it like? Crime rates up, all this, all all that stuff. I mean, like when you take a not just a. Like, because I would never consider Superman a police figure, but more just like a, a guardian that watches over everybody. Um, like when that goes away, it's like it's like it's a, a significant member of the family goes away. It, like you feel that, um, and so this movie is partially Lois Lane dealing with the love, basically the love of her life being dead. Um, the planet dealing with the fact that Superman's not here, and in return, obviously when somebody you know dies or somebody leaves for some reason somebody has to step up to take that mantle or at least they try to and in this in this story we have four different supermen who basically try to fill the shoes of kal-el of krypton we have probably and we'll get into each of the characters as we go along we have uh john henry iron slash steel who we met in the first movie shaquille o'neal from uh, the original movie steel Yes, I don't think they're the same. I think they're the same character. I don't know, but it's yeah. Uh, um, uh, uh, John Henry Irons based off the, uh, uh, the 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 famous legend. I think it's I think it's of the same name where it's um, yeah John Henry, where uh, the famous yeah. tale of uh, the man that uh, outraced a machine by building railroad tracks. Exactly, a, a locomotive and everything. So very famous of that. Um, then we have the Eradicator, who we don't really know what his deal is, but he looks very much like Superman. He's got slick but this shades. time, exactly, I was gonna say that with six legs. I, I kept thinking of the Simpsons meme. Um, it's just Superman with new shades, but he has new shades. <laughs> also, uh, Eradicator is uh, um, very violent. Uh, after that, uh, kind of the more, uh, not more, I would say more cooked, uh, cause I would say Eradicator and, uh, John Henry are the least developed, uh, Eradicator for a reason. Um, but then after Eradicator, we have Superboy. What's his deal? Is he Superman? That clone from the dead? We'll find out as we talk further into the movie. And of course... The fucking obvious villain, like, even in the comics back in the 90s, I'm like, okay, this is the fucking bad guy. It's Cyborg Superman. Uh, isn't this, uh, Bizarro Superman? Yeah, uh, no, not, that's a different thing. Bizarro is, like, a weird thing altogether. Bizarro talk like this. Me love, me hate podcast. Oh, okay. Me hate, yeah, he talks in backwards speak, yeah. They do make a reference to Bizarro uh, later on, though, so there is that. So, Tyler, I know you don't have a favorite comics, but you fucking had to know Cyborg Superman was the fucking bad guy from the start. pretty much. Like, 
Anything that has a metallic jawline like that and looks like the fucking Terminator, yeah, it's yeah. gotta be the bad guy. I- I'm gonna, sh- you've probably seen it, but I'm gonna show you what Cyborg Superman looked like. And, like, I don't, like, I kind of wish for this movie um, that they redesigned it to where, like, it, um, he looked a little bit more friendly. Because when you see that face, and this is, I'm showing Tyler the comics version, um, and then the, and I'm looking at the, uh, oh, wow. um, yeah, like, how are you, how are you gonna, like, obviously, I think, and we'll get into, like, why, but I feel like they could have redesigned it, because he just looks evil, like, even, like, I feel like having his Superman's piece of, like, it's not his, but, um, looking like Superman makes him just look that much more evil, he just doesn't look like... Man, like, he just like, you know what? That You're not Superman. I. You're not Ron. Yeah, ex- exactly. It, it's just, it's a minute. And then you have to combine the fact of, like, this Superman has, like, all the black colors. The, the black suit. The, the S that's red and the black inside. It's just not a good look. Um, yeah, it's really I, tacky. I, um, so, like, I don't know, like... <laughs> every every story has to have a villain, but I think in both the '90s and in this storyline, it would have looked a lot better if you would have some believability that this guy might be on our side. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll talk about that more as we get into it. But I think what honestly what I like most about this movie, Tyler, is the fact that this is a Lois Lane movie. This is not a Superman movie. This is a Lois Lane movie. Yeah, man. Uh... In the same vein that the death of Superman was pretty much uh, Superman coming to terms with uh, his relationship with Lois Lane, um, this movie is Lois Lane stepping up in Superman's place to save the day, and that's pretty rad. Yeah, in her own unique way, and I kind of like that. Like, you see her in mourning at the beginning, as she should be, like, even six months. Like, that shit's still fresh, you know? It's like you can't, you're not going to forget something like that, especially how the way it fucking happened. You know, basically seeing her boyfriend get brutally bu- uh, beaten to death, um, or her love of her life, rather. So I like that she's pretty much the star. Like, yeah, we have the four of the Superman, and you would think that, like, and if you look at like the D- the Blu-ray cover, the Blu-ray box art, they're on the cover. So your instinct tells you they're the star. They're not. It's it's um it's Rebecca Romaine as as Lois Lane, and I think. If you're somebody who's like, well, what's so special about Lois Lane? Because anytime you see her in like popular media, in movies or stuff like that, she's always the damsel in, in distress. The second the Superman, Superman's always saving her. Here, I think they did a really good job of showing why she is Superman's equal. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see uh, Lois Lane in the limelight like this. It's rare to see her like this when all these uh, meta humans usually take the scene. Exactly. Like, yeah, humans are humans can be cool too. Yeah, um, I, I think like there's a there's like you get to see her, um, her like she's a reporter. She's a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter, so she knows how to get stuff and how to get her story. And I think the great example is that the first time we see all four Superman together, like right before that, uh, she's wearing a very very uh, exotic red dress. Which I went, whoo! I'm too I'm too it's too early in the morning for me watching hey, this. Is it hot in here? Yeah, uh, she's very attractive. Uh, her attractiveness is like very understated. When you, when every time you see Liz topped in hottest women of the DC of the DC universe, you never see Lois Lane on there until she's like in something like this. 
Um, this but is the Clark Kent glasses uh, equivalent. Pretty much. Yeah, she pretty much she put, she she puts on a disguise. Uh, so there's a scene where she's trying to figure out what the deal is with this new Superboy, and Lex Luthor is throwing this like the shindig or something like that, and she uses her her and like this is like her sexuality into her benefit where she tricks this bumbling scientist Donovan to like lure him down, and obviously she was never going to go far with him, but just enough like the femme fatale. Like, I'm going to use what I have. To manipulate you to telling me what's going on, and I think that shows. I think that's great for her character, honestly. Yeah, it really shows doing... how uh, how uh, clever she can be. Exactly. Um, odd enough that uh, yeah, and, and like he doesn't like it, like uh, Don, the the scientist who's talking to her uh, is like, "Do I know you?" It's like mm, maybe you know she kind of plays coy about it. She it's I feel like. Rebecca Romaine was told, okay, play Lois Lane, but play kind of, like, she has to kind of play a bit of a floozy, where she's like, oh, that's interesting, and I, but, like, the way she gets it, it's like, she, it's the way Rebecca Romaine acts that scene, it's, it's like, she's struggling to be a floozy, because, like, Lois Lane doesn't know how to, how to play that role effectively, and she kind of breaks character when she hears that the new Superboy is a clone. Yeah, that was, uh, pretty surprising, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would say, though, like, once we get closer to, like, what the ultimate goal of the movie is, then um, her her importance kind of goes down. And she kind of regresses. I feel like that's the only negative part I have of this movie is that her, the almost, like, 80%, I would say 70% of the movie, it's hers. And then when we learn about how Superman comes back, then I feel like her importance kind of goes down, but not by much, you know? Yeah. Like, it's pretty much a battle between Superman, uh, which pretty much no normal person can, like, participate in. But right. But she tackles uh, the situation her own way, and that in itself is pretty impressive. Exactly. Um, so... Uh, let's talk about the other, before we talk about the Superman, let's talk about Lex Luthor as voiced by Ren Wilson, because he has a lot more to play with now in this one than he did in the last one. Yeah. Um, and like, in, in a weird way, because like, he obviously never mourned Superman, but he sees this as, obviously, as a power vacuum to like, a, further his own agenda, but it's weird to like, see him like, he's actively trying to help people. Like in a in a in like in a weird way, he's like kind of taking what Superman told him to heart in the first movie. You know, it's like you know, if you would actually be doing something to benefit mankind and all that good stuff. Obviously, but, it's he's a sucker front to pretty much just uh, gain more power and uh, gain the people's trust and stuff. It's all just a exactly. business play for him. Exactly, but in a in a weird way, it's oddly positive because like he created, I mean, because of his creation for Superboy. But even more so at the end when he pretty much teams up with Lois to rescue the Justice League from their predicament, um, which we'll get into that later. But like Lex, I feel like the way they wrote Lex, like they show that, like yeah, Lex is not a good guy, but he's a multifaceted person that can use his incredible intellect for for good when he feels like it yeah it's interesting to see what he can do when he actually puts his mind to something uh progressive i guess yeah and he's also playing a father figure all this time around with being the uh surrogate father well 
Well, let's spoil that in a moment. Uh, to Superboy, and I, I really like Ring Wilson basically trying to be the, uh, the, the disapproving dad constantly to Superboy. I thought those were great. Your disappointing son. Pr- pretty much. Um, so yeah, I, I think I honestly think if you're gonna have Lois Lane as a star, Lex Luthor is definitely the co-star. He doesn't get as much screen. I think he get maybe not not as much screen time as Lois. But he's definitely up there. He's definitely pivotal to the plot. Yeah, most def. So, let's talk about the uh, the actual characters. And we'll go from like least developed to most developed. And obviously the least developed is Cyborg Super... Not Cyborg Super... He's the most developed, arguably. Yeah. Um, let's talk about John Henry Irons, who feels like... And I think this is an example of... And unfortunately, because he's like the only... He's like... He's an African-American character... Who gets the short the short end of the stick? Ha! Huh? Because he wields it. I, I should have said sledgehammer because he wields a fucking iron like a, a fucking big ass sledgehammer. But um, he gets the short end of the stick because he doesn't really get a lot of development as the other other three do. Yeah, it's a damn shame because uh, they pretty much introduced his character in Death of Superman as like yeah. the big uh, Superman fanboy that uh, develops all this robotic shit. And at the end of that movie, we do see him uh, donning the uh, the steel costume. Yeah, and here he's kind of just like he, you know he kind of just I guess, I guess it helps that maybe if you watch it back to back, because then it feels like a complete arc. So I guess we have to take it in that sense. But like he doesn't really get much to play with. He's just like I'm just do-, he's kind of just like I'm just doing this because that's what Superman would do. I'm stepping up and. I kind of just would have liked more into him, like his motivations, like why he's doing it besides just... Because he's pretty much just, he's doing it because Superman is his hero. And I, get, I, I guess you can interpret it as, as, this is his way of mourning by wearing the colors that his hero wore. Yeah. And that is admirable. I, mean, whole, uh, I just yeah. wish there was a bit more. But then again, yeah. it would probably uh, add on to the runtime. Exactly. Um... And, and we'll talk about the runtime after we talk about the Superman. Uh, so, Eradicator. Um, I, actually, I feel like... I, I feel like he technically has less than than, um, than 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 John. But not... But I think he... The idea of the Eradicator plays a bigger role to the plot concerning Clark. So, it's weird, right? Because the, the Eradicator isn't really a person... And at first, uh, did, did you assume he was he was Superman from, the, but just with a different personality, or did you like, did you did you have any guesses of what Eradicator was? Um, my theory was that he was probably like some sort of uh, alien type dude that just happened to appear at the same time as all these other Supermen, or okay. it was probably uh, the astronaut guy that got fucking yeeted in Death of Superman. Ah, so you were close. You were very close. I was. Um, yeah, you were very... Wow. I it's. I love hearing theories about that. You know, that's actually fun when you don't know the source material. But yeah, Eradicator is none of those things. He's a... He's the, 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 the Kryptonian Matrix that pretty much safeguards all of Krypton heritage. We technically met Eradicator in the first movie when uh, Superman and Lois were at that muse At Star Labs uh, examining the ship. So that's where we first saw Eradicator. Um, he's just taking the form of Superman and pretty much fulfilling his duty. Uh, but that's about it. Like, 
I feel like John gets more death because of the movie he was in. Eradicator is just a computer program who's just there to protect Superman in his time of need. Yeah. And apparently he uh, carries out uh, Superman's justice in his own way by fucking destroying criminals. Yeah, and then here I'm going to show Tyler what Eradicator looked like in the DC comic. Because I do like the, um, the, the new design. It's really cool. Um... Uh, what do you, how do you feel about uh, Eradicator's movie design? Um, I thought it was fine. Uh, the shades probably are a little much, but... Oh, wow, this actually looks kind of cool. Uh, yeah, like... So, for those of you... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you finish, Tyler. I'm sorry. Uh, no, that was pretty much it for me. Like, it's pretty much a, a pseudo-Superman, but big yellow shades. Yeah, um, and, and if you look at the movie... Uh, and then you look at the the comic version. It's almost similar, except that the shades are kind of more like like think of safety glasses, but they don't have the straps. Um, and there's more lines on him. But the I uh, but I love the idea of the S connecting with the cape. I just I've always loved that idea about the Eradicator. Um, that does look cool. Yeah, uh, but the comic version. It's like more like a black leotard, a black full suit, but the middle, all the way down the middle, is blue, and like the S is like dumb big, and um, and like in his cape, and he has the big Superman cape. It's a really unique take on Superman, where like it's different enough, but like that's still Superman. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about Superboy. Um. How did you feel about this inclusion? Um. I had a feeling that uh, we'd see Superboy uh, along the road, but I was not aware of his uh, actual origin in this movie or in actual continuity, so... Yeah, so Superboy is the youngest uh, member. I'm going to show Tyler his very 90s design real quick. Um, uh, Superboy is the... uh, 90s uh is the young version of it he doesn't like to be called superboy he is the okay here's and this is the spoiler and this is where i think i feel like more time could have been given to him but again you only have so much time in this in these movies he is the, the the he is the clone off the dna of not only superman but as we learn later on in the movie he is the clone of he's 50 percent superman 50 percent lex luthor 50% 50% hates the other 50% of himself, I would guess. Yeah. My my two my two dads starring Superboy coming to fall on Fox on, <laughs> on, on CBS. He's the um, rock Howard of DC. Pretty much, yeah. So, and he hates being called Superboy. I, I don't think they ever give a reason why he's, like, young versus, like, older. Probably because Lex can control him more, or at least attempt to control him more because he's younger, I would assume. Probably. Um, so, yeah, uh, so, how did you feel about Superboy's story? Because I feel like, compared to Cyber Superman, he has the most meat to gnaw off, not off of. Yeah, uh, pre- there's a lot of baggage to pretty much unpack with, uh, his origin of being half Superman and half Lex Luthor, obviously. And, right. uh, I had a feeling if, um, there was more time dedicated to him, they'd probably go in depth with how he feels about it but what we're given is fine enough i guess yeah exactly you know like that and 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 they kind of they obviously you know he's 
obviously from the DNA of Superman, but it's like he really takes that moment when he's told, oh, by the way, your other half of your DNA is Lex Luthor, the evil, most evil man on the planet. And you can kind of see it where, like, the Superboy, unlike Superman, is very vain, uh, as you can see by his outfit in the 90s. It's, yeah. Jesus Christ, what an outfit. Um, they don't make him like they used to. They don't make him like that anymore. Um, but he is, like, he takes selfies. He takes, he's, like, constantly publicity stunts. and He is a major I, tail chaser. Exactly. And I think while Lex Luthor isn't, I and I, that, I think that's the Luthor inside of him. That Luthor is so vain. While he's not as, like, uh, laissez-faire about it. He is very much like I want to be in the press. I want to be the face of this. I am, I am the greatest. I am Lex Luthor. So I think that's the Lex Luthor part of him coming out. It's just the, the absolute vainness of it all. Yeah, I can definitely see it now that you bring it up. But obviously, he's still Superman. So like he does, like there are points where like he eventually starts to rebel against Lex Luthor, and you know he he starts to realize like. I could be bigger than this. This is like, you know, I shouldn't like, I'm not beholden to my DNA. I make my own destiny. Again, I feel like you could, you could give Superboy his own movie and you have enough pathos to dig into that, that concept of like, what if you were the DNA, the the lab experiment of Lex Luthor and Superman combined, you know? What if you didn't grow up to become your dad's? Exactly. Oh, we're getting Marvel. What if ideas now? (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah, very very interesting character, um, and I really, I do I did chuckle, and at the first interaction he has with Lois Lane, where his his first instincts is to hit on her, and I feel like that's both that's coming from both the Lex and Clark side, and asking her how um, how old she was. I'm like, okay, that's kind of rude, but you know that's that's the Lex. We'll just we'll say that's the Lex suit their DNA coming out. Yeah, um, that's the Lex talking. So let's talk about Cyborg fucking Superman. Here we go. The big dip. So, um, how did... Okay, so obviously, how did you feel about the the idea, like, the whole... He's basically pulling a ruse. He's trying to trick people into saying that he's Superman. He goes to Lois Lane's balcony and pretty much, like, tries to assure her, like, listen, I'm Superman. You know, I'm Superman. And, like, I can't remember... What happened, only that I had the fight with Doomsday. It basically has amnesia and that his body was so damaged by the fight that he had to be it had to be replaced with cyber most of it with cybernetic parts, with the exception of his little tiny flaphead on, on the yeah. on the Yeah. So how did you feel about that whole plot? That that whole line that he's pretty much trying to get people to believe him? Um, it is a pretty nefarious plot, honestly. Like, I was almost fooled at some points because it's pretty much Jerry O'Connell uh, doing the voice. So yeah. I could have believed that uh, he was actually Superman back from the dead with all this robotic shit on him. But right. at the same time, though, he looks villainous enough that he's obviously not Superman. And right. I honestly couldn't have predicted that there was something bigger pulling the strings behind this entire plot. Exactly, and we'll get into that in a moment, but like in just a second. But yeah, I I do like that because again, like you, like I have the benefit of like, oh, he's evil. Um, but it's really this is why I wanted to do these movies with you because you you don't know these references or what they're calling back to. So for you, it's like, oh, wait, is he evil? Is like, yeah, he looks evil, but maybe he's Superman. 
Um, you know, and obviously they're using the same voice actor, so I, I think that's the fun part of this, honestly. Yeah. Um, maybe that it because like back in the comics, you know, I think that kind of like obviously you had no reference to go off of. It's so like, well, maybe maybe it is Superman because he's dead, and maybe like obviously it's not John Henry Irons, but like, and obviously it's not Superboy, but like it could have easily have been Eradicator or or uh, Cyber Superman as the as the new big S, but like. I feel like Jerry O'Connell does a great job of, like, even with the voice modulation of, like, trying to sound sincere without giving something his true sinister plot away. Yay. But, unfortunately, with Hank Henshaw, the, and this is where sort of, like, the, the, the crux of the, like, the real uh, final, like, pretty much the, like, the, the second half of the movie, once there's an incident that happens with the Justice League. So, let's set that stage up before we uh, go into Hank Henshaw's reasonings. So, uh, the uh, the President of the United States, uh, I think her name is... Uh, jo- uh, President, President Dale is basically at the opening ceremony for the Justice League's new Watchtower headquarters. And... Uh, the cyber su- cyber Superman is there. The Justice League are there. Superboy is there. It's pretty much like on guard because this is a very highly regarded event. And um, uh, during that attack, uh, uh, during that press conference, a fucking boom two opens up because great because we need Darkseid's bunk ass to show up right now and proceeds to attack. Uh, and but as Superman, as Cyber Superman saves the president. Uh, I think from like a car, a car exploding or a parademon or something like that. Uh, the Justice League, for some reason, the Justice League all gather in one fucking spot right above the boom tube, and the boom tube kind of like twists and turns like a car, um, like those, like those sun, like those window protectors, uh, and pretty much flans on on top of them, and the Justice League are pretty are effectively declared as dead. Well, if that ain't the result of my actions, exactly. How did you feel? Did you see the fact that the Justice League were just going to be taken off the board? Did you? Okay, there's a shot where Cyber Superman saves the president and looks back at the Justice League about to go away. Is that? Did, did you catch that? I'm like, okay, this fucker's evil. I don't think I caught that, but I definitely would have believed it because right before all the shit was going down, Cyber Superman was just floating there watching while the Justice League was fighting all the parademons. And I was like, yeah, it's like, eh, that's probably an indicator of this guy's not all right. Exactly. Um, so this is the crux of the story. The Justice League, Superman is dead. Uh, at least the Superman that we know is dead. The Justice League are dead. And this is where we learn that Cyborg Superman is in fact not Kal-El of Krypton, but he is Hank Henshaw of I Got Yeeted Off a Space Station by Doomsday. <laughs> um, that should be on his tombstone. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> oh, man. So, Hank Henshaw did not die. Hank Henshaw was seemingly... His body was taken by, of all people, fucking motherfucking Darkseid. And pretty much given this cybernetic body. And and oddly enough, he didn't even need to, like, scalp... Like, to, to sculpt Superman's face. Uh, Hank Henshaw just looks similar to Superman. Just needed to dye his hair. Um... Which that's the that's the that's the glory of animation. So Hank Henshaw Cyborg Superman is a pawn of Darkseid, and pretty much Darkseid is you know he's still pissed from getting his ass kicked in the in the second movie that we saw Justice League War, and then um, changed his voice too. He changed his voice too. I actually like his voice here because it's like that cool. Uh, I think I, I know I said the voice actor, but um, who is voicing? 
Dark side. God. Uh, Tony Todd. There you go. Uh, I think Tony Todd is going to voice Venom in the uh, in the upcoming Spider-Man 2 movie. I could oh, be cool. wrong. Um, as I look. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, and so pretty much we learned through this uh, that uh, uh, Doomsday was also officially... We learned that Doomsday was a weapon that Darkseid sent to Earth to basically kill Superman and Darkseid and, and inside Darkseid's using Hank Henshaw to pretty much infiltrate the world to basically submit the world before Darkseid even steps foot on ground so he doesn't do the hard work. And Tyler, do you want to explain why Hank Henshaw's even doing all this? Like why would he agree to work with a tyrant like Darkseid? Uh, basically uh, what happened in the death of Superman uh, when uh, Doomsday was uh, careening towards Earth in his meteor state. Uh, he was one of the astronauts that uh, unfortunately got desecrated by the impact. And uh, he was pretty much hoping the entire time that Superman would save him, but he never did. Yeah, so, we saw that in the last movie, yeah. Yeah. And uh, apparently, during that impact, Darkseid took pity on his soul and pretty much made him his pawn to get revenge on Superman. Yeah, so he's basically fueled by anger and rage that Superman didn't save his family, and so what better way to, what better way to kill, effectively fully kill the Man of Steel, but by not uh, if you can't physically kill him, but by killing his reputation and serving Lord Darkseid. And there's great moments. There's a great moment where Superman is at the funeral uh, presentation of the Justice League, at, where Superman was buried or his body was laid to rest. And uh, Cyborg Hank Henshaw looks to the looks to the sky like to the city skyline, and it just flashes to like uh, Apocalypse version of it, and you can just see Darkseid just looming over there. Like I thought that was so fucking sick and terrifying. Yeah, that was that was some terrifying shit there, and probably a prelude to things to come if what you say is true. Yeah, no, I'm not ready. Oh, I'm not ready to watch it again. But oh fuck, I knew this was gonna happen at some point. But so the last half of the movie uh, is is where we learn pretty much Hank Henshaw's true intentions. At that ceremony, he pretty much uh, gives uh, like we need it. We need we, without the justice without super, without you know we need to people need to find their own power. And he pretty much gives everybody like a mini mother box. Uh, not everybody, but select people. And they basically become enhanced beings of power. Um, with really dumb costumes. With really dumb costumes. Yeah, they're not the greatest. And they pretty much like gain the power of Superman. I don't remember if they have laser vision, but they definitely have flight. And then like they're super strong, so at minimum. Um, and they're pretty much the new soldiers working for Hank Henshaw. Um, and so pretty much... Uh, a rat at the meet. So yeah, the last half of the movie is pretty much Superman comes back. Um, he awakens from his crystallation pod. It turns out he can't really die. Um, or thanks to the efforts of Eradicator, he can't die. Um, I think Eradicator kidnapped him, or took his body to basically rejuvenate himself in this stasis pod. Which would explain the end credit scene of uh, death of Superman. Exactly. Um, and, um, and pretty much, uh, it becomes a race to stop Hank Henshaw. How did you, did you, I thought the final act was fucking awesome. Like, it's honestly, yeah, I think one is, of the... This is a pretty exciting climax, all things yeah. considered. 
you have the race. It's a race against time where um, Cyber Superman is trying to open the gates so that Darkseid's invasion come in through. And Darkseid has his fucking full-on armada ready to come through um, at the gates. I kept thinking of the first Avengers movie when Loki's armada first came through. Uh, very similar sort of feel. Um, but way more ominous because it's fucking Darkseid. Yeah. Um, more like Thanos, I guess. But yeah, we never saw Thanos like, Thanos like that. I'm pretty um, sure Darkseid could kick Thanos' ass. Oh, definitely. Are you kidding me? It's no comp. With, with or without with uh, with or without the Infinity Stones, Darkseid wins. Um, yeah. Uh, and so you have that racing climax. You have the Lex Luthor's trying to ring back the Justice League. The Justice League are on some kind of interparallel dimension where they're fighting all sorts of horror creatures, uh, which was which that was fun. That could have been like a fun little like 15 minute movie uh, by itself. It could have, yeah. Um, I did you notice how quippy Jason Omar's Batman was this time around? Yeah, it was. I thought it was really, I thought it was great. Um, versus the Scholar, that shows how much he's warmed up over these movies. Like he, these are his friends now. Um, but it's it's a race against time, and God, that final fight between Cyber Superman and uh, and Clark inside the Watchtower above the Earth, I thought that was so cool. Yeah, it's mostly a beatdown though. Uh... If you really consider how um, Kal-El pretty much is still weakened after his fight with Doomsday. Exactly. Um, and, and this is where I think, like 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 I said, Lois Lane does take a bit of a back seat when Superman comes back to life. Um, but I do like the fact that the, the, the turning point was her realizing that, oh, if I turn the, 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 the sun shields down, allowing the, the sun's radiation to Superman that she can help and the movie's not afraid to maim somebody because she gets laser singed not once but twice by cyborg superman um like i felt like ah but it has like that come on lois do it and uh, like that whole final sequence was thrilling from the beginning to end yeah man uh even though she's a lady she's definitely got balls of steel yeah a human in general she's going up against a, a dude infused with apocalypse and technology um, yeah. Now, before before we wrap up, did you feel sorry for Hank Kenshaw at all in this, or did you like, nah, he's a villain, fuck him? Um, yeah, I didn't really feel that much remorse. I mean, it sucked that he lost his wife and all, but he was pretty much uh, willing to sacrifice the entire world just to get back at Superman, so fuck him. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, uh, they defeat Cyber Superman, they prevent Darkseid's... Oh, actually, fucking, they don't even prevent Darkseid's invasions. Cyber... Hank Henshaw's uh, own ego to stop Superman himself prevents Darkseid's invasion. So that was a nice little twist that I didn't... I forgot about, I forgot about honestly. That's pretty much the equivalent of telling your boss, fuck you, I quit. Pretty much. Um, like, imagine Loki telling off Thanos at, like, Avengers, like... He's Thanos about to come in. And he's like, no, fuck you, my my Infinity Stones. Um, so yeah, Darkseid is cut off from Earth. The Justice League come back. Cyber Superman is is uh, is um, is defeated, and uh, we get an explanation as to how Clark Kent comes back to life or like is missing, which I thought was great. Yeah, pretty much uh, they get uh, Martian Manhunter to impersonate Superman and have Eradicator step in as uh, uh, Clark. Yeah, it was it was really really great. Um, uh, how did you? Uh, 
Did you okay? Obviously, I kind of skip. I kind of skipped over it, but I really got a little sense of warm heart in my feeling in in my heart when Lois and Superman like reunited on the on the spaceship for the first time. Yeah, it was definitely a, sat- a satisfying moment because Lois spent the entire movie mourning over uh, her dead boyfriend at, uh, during this entire time, and uh, just seeing them uh, finally embracing after like this entire endeavor. Yeah, that's satisfying stuff, man. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's. Uh, <laughs> oh God, you're not ready, Tyler. Okay, um, so, um, yeah, uh, that's the death of Superman. I, I reign of the Superman. Reign of Superman. I'm sorry. Um, fuck, I can't tell what I think. This one feels like a more complete movie by itself because uh, versus Death of Superman just kind of feels like a. Not, not that it's a bad thing. It's still a complete movie, but I feel like this. I like the structure of this movie a lot more. Yeah, it's more cohesive. Uh, like it feels like it. It does a better job of balancing its characters than Death of Superman did. I think so too. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, like I think watching them back, like back to back, like in one movie, I think it. I think it will only enhance it. It's gonna be long. Um, I feel like the runtime, like I said, it didn't feel long, but it felt like popcorn movie length with how in like how long we were in it. Um, before we even got to Superman, like you have, if you have no idea that Superman's gonna come back to life in this, like you would, you're like what, almost an hour in maybe before Superman even comes, you even get the idea. That Superman might be alive. You have no idea he's going to come back if you've never seen yeah. this movie before or have never watched, read the comics before. Yeah, I think it's interesting enough before then to keep your attention the entire way through. Exactly. So let's talk about that post credit scene before we go to the ratings board. Did you see the post credit scene? I did. Okay, so... Um, and it's pretty much uh, the, the Justice League are on the new Watchtower and they're going asserting over the fact that, like... Yeah, we stopped Hang Henshaw, but um, this is Darkseid's boldest move yet. You know, killing Superman and then using a cyborg duplicate to in, like infiltrate uh, humanity's hearts and minds. Like, uh, and they pretty much all agree that we can't play defense forever. And Superman pretty much says, "Well, then disagreed. Then we take the fight to him." Um, so the next Justice League movie, which is Justice League Dark. They're going to take the war to Apocalypse. Hell yeah, let's go. They're even, Along, they even got Lex Luthor with, uh, yeah. with him. Yeah, Lex Luthor's going to be joining the fray, which I'm going to tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're not going to cover it next because we still have Batman Hush and Wonder Woman Bloodlines to do beforehand. Um, You're not ready. If you've never seen Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, if you think you're ready, you're not ready. Okay. I'm just I'm just setting expectations now. You're not ready. Um so uh let's go ahead and give it go to the ratings war. Tyler, how many Cyborg Superman heads out of five do you give Reign of the Superman? I will give this a four because that is how many Superman duplicates are in this movie. Nice. Uh, this is this is a pretty uh decently paced movie. Uh a lot of the characters are uh, pretty well developed. Uh, Lois Lane and uh, Lex Luthor, in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like the Superman duplicates. Uh, well, half of them are pretty interesting. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Steel and uh, 
and Eradicator don't get as much for reasons, which is unfortunate. But I feel like this movie grabs your attention well enough and tells its story well enough that, just like in Death of Superman, it makes you care for the characters. And uh, seeing uh, Clark and uh, Lois uh, rejoining with each other was definitely a highlight. Like, yeah. it, it was definitely the cherry on top of all this. Yeah, th- I think... We've watched a lot of average movies of the of these of these films. Um, think some we obviously know which ones are the standouts. I think this is definitely another one, and I think it pairs perfectly. Like it's they both of these movies knocked it out of the park in terms of characters, set pieces, setting the stage for what comes next. It, they're just fantastic fucking films, and it goes to show you like while Batman may get all the love, like there's a lot of richness in the world of Superman that doesn't get explored nearly enough, and. It was a pleasure to, to review this one with you, uh, considering yeah. Superman's my favorite character. Absolutely, and I'm starting to see the appeal myself. Nice. Maybe one day we'll cover all the Superman movies. Uh, uh, we won't do these again, because I feel like that's a, that's, that would be a... I don't want to repeat. Um, but uh, maybe we'll at, maybe somewhere down the road we'll like cover all like the uh, live-action Superman movies uh, at some point. That would be fun. Um, yeah, uh, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, get out of here. Again, next week's episode will be Batman Hush, followed by Wonder Woman Bloodlines, and then ending the se- this first sort of season, I guess, as um, uh, with Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, and then we will vote. Uh, we're gonna probably take a week or two off, um, just so we can prep to see, we, just so we can prep, and then pretty much get ready for whatever the second season will un- unfold for us. Um, Tyler, where can the people find you at? You can follow me on Twitter at HitsHatTy. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, Home of Tire Shoes Reviews, where I review old-ass fighting games for your pleasure. Okay, and you can follow me at Twitter.com slash MarvelousIggy for all things related to the Marvelous one. And, of course, I stream live at Twitch.tv slash Iggy2814. Um, I stream four times a week at all at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. That is Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. It's Horror Month, so we're playing Resident Evil 2 and Costume Quest and Dead Space 3 for your entertainment pleasure. Come, it's been having a lot of fun, especially with RE2. Um, and uh, go to Charge.com for all for this for this episode as well as our flagship show, the Charge Shot Gamescast. You can listen to the uh, the wrestling watch along that I do with Thomas. The most recent episode that went up was WrestleMania 15, uh, the Attitude Era WrestleMania. So look for that. Um, and I think that's gonna do it that, uh, for now. Um, thank you all for listening. We'll see y'all back next week for the final Batman movie of this line of uh, this line of films with Batman Hush. Until next time, guys, long live Superman. Also, I'm not really a cyborg. I was the real Tyler the entire time. (laughs) Oh, man. Thank you for watching at Cinema Shot Theater.